Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Radio.com. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. California headline news. Observances around the state in the aftermath of the deadly synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh. Many of those attending services at Jewish synagogues are people who don't observe the Jewish faith. I want to be supportive of this because we don't want people hurt in the a house of worship. A woman among those attending a service at a synagogue in Los Altos. 11 people killed, four wounded in Saturday's shooting in Pennsylvania. The FBI says the fourth member of an alleged Southern California-based white extremist nationalist group has surrendered to authorities. 38-year-old Aaron Eason of the Riverside County community of Anza was suspected of traveling to various political rallies in California and in Charlottesville, Virginia to incite riots. Eason was the last remaining wanted member of the group to remain at large. Correspondent Ken Jeffries, a man accused of killing a sailor who stopped to help him on the freeway in San Diego, now connected to another shooting. Police say 10 minutes before the suspect shot the sailor to death, he shot at someone on Boundary Street. Jeff Scott, California News. The best time of the sports year is about to get better, especially for fans of the hardcore. It's this week's Geico Sports Now. Now. Baseball is rocketing towards the World Series. The hard hits of pro football are into the midseason, and the grace and power of hockey is delighting its loyal fans. Adding to all that, the last of the big four pro basketball has just begun its 82-game schedule. Truly something for just about everyone who calls themselves a fan. Geico could assist you in saving lots of money on your car insurance. Simply go to geico.com for more information. You're out for a jog, getting in the zone when... Yeah. Oh, it smells like rotten eggs. Meanwhile, dirt is swirling in the air, and you hear a hissing noise. Dude, it's a snake! No, dude, a hissing sound, swirling dirt, or rotten egg odor can mean there's a natural gas leak. Natural gas lines can be buried anywhere. If you suspect a leak, leave immediately and call 911 and Southwest Gas. Ah, oh, thanks, deep-voiced narrator. You're welcome, young person. NBC News Radio. I'm Brian Shook. The mayor of Pittsburgh wants President Trump to delay his visit to the city after the murder of 11 worshipers at a synagogue. Democratic Mayor Bill Peduto says he would prefer if the president waited to visit the city instead of coming tomorrow so the community can focus on burying the dead. The funerals will span from tomorrow through Friday. The man accused of the shooting will appear in court again on Thursday. His first court appearance was today where he faced over two dozen charges. Vice President Mike Pence is promised 
endorsing an aggressive prosecution of the suspect, Robert Bowers, at a political rally in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He said the shooting was an act of evil and promised that the Trump administration will never allow anti-Semitism to take hold in the U.S. The president's directed the full resources of the federal government to support the investigation and the prosecution, and I promise you, justice in this case will be swift and severe. Pence was at the second of two rallies in Michigan supporting the GOP ticket. The Dow Jones Industrial Average isn't doing too hot. Shares of Boeing led the decline as the company's stock dropped more than 8%. Investors are also worried about more tariffs on Chinese products if talks falter between President Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping. President Trump is boosting his schedule of rallies ahead of next week's midterm elections. Trump will campaign in Fort Myers, Florida Wednesday night and in Columbia, Missouri on Thursday evening. More rallies are scheduled in Huntington, West Virginia late Friday afternoon and Pensacola, Florida on Saturday night. All three states have closely watched races that could help decide control of the U.S. Senate. Tom Roberts, NBC News Radio. Americans now have access to a mailed abortion pill. The FDA is investigating after a European organization called Aid Access uses telemedicine to provide women seeking to end their pregnancies a proper consultation and the subsequent abortion pills. If a woman is eligible, the organization will prescribe two abortion pills. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Welcome to another edition of The More You Know. I'm Andrew Caravella. It looks like today's October 30th, National Candy Corn Day. You either love it or you hate it. It's it's, it's one or the other. You see, Candy Corn Day celebrates candy corn, the corn kernel-shaped candy often eaten during Halloween and throughout the autumn months. You see, it began being manufactured in the 1880s by the Wonderly Candy Company and was originally called Chicken Feed. At that time, candy corn was marketed to rural residents, and around the 20th century, the Golitz Confectionery Company, now known as Jelly Belly, began making candy corn. Today's recipe for candy corn is basically the same as it was when it was invented, except at that time, the candy was made by hand, which no longer is the case. There are variations of the candy corn for different holidays and occasions. Indian corn has a chocolate brown end instead of the yellow, popular around Thanksgiving. During Christmas, it's reindeer corn, Independence Day freedom corn, and bunny corn during Easter. I'm Andrew Caravella. This has been The More You Know. This is KCAA. San Bernardino County Radio Show on KCAA NBC 106.5 FM, 102.3 FM, 10.50 AM, where we will talk culture, politics, and a tiny bit of history today, that's for sure. How you doing today, Carmel? 
I'm very good today, Robert. How about yourself? Excellent, excellent today. And we have uh, Scott Olson and Al Kelly in the house. Uh, Hola. We may have a few callers uh, call in from the outside world. We're hoping they'll call in and uh, give us their uh, update on what they think San Bernardino's going through or uh, maybe on the elections or whatever they wish. So uh, if you need a call on in, our number is one 1-888-909-1050. Um, I'd like to start out with a little bit of a history, you know, because you know how I am. I love my history. And if, if I don't start in the beginning of the show with the history, guess what? We, we don't usually, talk yeah, about it. Yeah, we usually don't get to it. So um, I'll talk about one of my favorite hospitals locally, uh, St. Bernardine's. Mm. When St. Bernardine's Hospital opened its doors in 1931, the city of San Bernardino was already an exciting and robust community. It had not only survived the great and often violent surge into the West, it had prospered because of it. It was a hub of the rail um, transportation, a thriving business community surrounded by wealthy vacation spots and spas that were playgrounds of the rich and famous. Its downtown roads were paved, its streets were lighted, and its streetcars filled with business people and busy shoppers frequented its main thoroughfares. It was a community in transition, a melting pot of Mexican, Native American, Asian, and European cultures. The new St. Bernardine Hospital was perhaps the one place in the entire city where none of the differences in people mattered. A place where the science of medicine and the tenets of faith combined, bringing hope and help to thousands and enabled them to restore their health and resume their lives. So this is from... Uh, the book, uh, A Legacy of Caring, the short mm. story of St. Bernadine Medical Center, and uh, um, it's a really good book. Um, it, it, I think they give it out for free over there, so if you can get it, yeah, I have to, I'll, my, my chair actually sunk down there yeah. while I was talking. I was hey. like, whoa, I lost all the air. Hey, Robert, did they also utilize the Arrowhead Hot Springs, too, for a curative Oh, purposes? absolutely, yeah, like uh, the, the first person that rolled in there, um, he, he, they call it like Indian uh, uh, healing springs, mm. I believe. Right. And that's because there was lots of petroglyphs in, in Indian writings around there. Huh. But most of them are most gone Most are now. gone, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Very interesting stuff there. Uh, I think his name was Mr. Smith. Right, right. Oh, good history, Arden. good history. You know, mm. you know, I love it. But uh, that's a little bit of a history. And I was born there in 1976. What, what, what hospital were you born in, Carmel? I was born in Loma Linda. You were born in Loma Linda Hospital. Uh, but we lived at 1704 Bonita Vista. And the night I was born, they used our truck to rob our house in San Bernardino. What? Really? In 1976. Way back in the day? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's still San Bernardino <laughs> County. Still San Bernardino <laughs> County. All right, well, um, I want to talk a little bit about a great day that I had yesterday. Um, we had the uh, fourth annual, uh, we called it a dead man's party, but it's like the scary shack over there at the Green Shack Marketplace. Um, Manella did a great job with Nick Harney and in, uh, inviting uh, the mayor, um, uh, uh, Eloise Reyes, representative, stopped by. Oh, cool. We have Frank Montez over there. We had the Mounties on the horses, on the big Clydesdale. The kids loved that. We had uh, two fire trucks where the kids could get up in there and climb. In a, Forest and Service? Um, no, they were a, a San Bernardino County Fire oh. Department. And um, that was really cool because, that, I mean, you know, the kids like the games and oh, everything, yeah. but you bring they the fire truck. The fire yeah, truck. yeah oh, it, it, they showed up right when the mayor was about to speak, kind of, because mm. we just had the like the costume contest, <laughs> and I had the Mounties give out the pumpkins to the kids, and then like, <laughs> then like the fire trucks came and 
there was no one gone. Yeah, yeah. They were, everyone disappeared. But yep. but he did a little speech and I uh, thanked Manel and um, the Green Shack and uh, uh, Jerry Martinez and Ardine uh. Iskander for uh, for having the Green Shack in San Bernardino for forty full Lord, years. I mean, that is a long time to have a business. They've gone through a huge transition to where. Some of their number one sellers back in the day were high-end liquor. And now it's honestly... Uh, Bogan, um, Bogan, Dave. Beer. Bogan, yeah. beer, Bogan David? Beer and uh, really it's the deli that, yeah. that's, oh. that's made it. And they do a lot of uh, um, uh, wire transfers. Is it like an that. ethnic deli or... Um, she has a little bit of everything there. Oh. She has a mafia meatball. It's one of my oh, favorites. Geez, so I had funny. a... Uh, Havana Cubana, which was like a pulled pork kind yes, of salad. banana pudding. Oh, really? Wafers. Really? Yeah, there's a oh. there's a, a juice shack over there, so you can get a press coffee and things like that. It, it they have everything at the Green Shack. Good stuff. Yeah, I've eaten at a travel agency. Sorry, sorry. I've eaten there several times, and the food is really good. And it's very unique. It's very original too. Which a lot of times when you go to get food, it's the same old, same old. Theirs is not. It's individual, and it's it's good. And the bread is wonderful. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> well, this this is the cool part Robert about the shack. Why didn't bring us any sandwiches? <laughs> so uh, uh, Benito Rodriguez and uh, Joseph Moya, Brian Davison, Richard Rodriguez, and, and Tina, the whole crew from uh, um, Blessing Angels came by. They brought 500 hot dogs and buns. What? 500. We gave them all wow. away. Guess how much? <laughs> so the kids, the there's you know there's lots of homeless that hang around and out in that area between the, the gas station and Green Shack, and uh, they all got to eat hot dogs. You know we welcomed them in. Good. We, we in, they were actually like part of the party. You know what I'm saying? They were they're like they were just happy to have some community. Feel like yeah. a part of something. Get a, a meal in in their belly. Get some waters. Um, lots of free candy. And they're, they're, they're I seen a, a lot of them walking about. Come on over, you know, join the community, have a good time. Now, you can't always do that with all of them because some of them are mental and they were doing their own little thing. But the other ones, I think, they're just humans that are on the wrong foot and they, they just need someone to love them. So everybody's one paycheck away from being homeless. Mm, right, yes, that's profound. Yeah. And, I'm just glad that that the Blessing Angels came through like that, and not only just for the homeless, but all those kids ate hot dogs and parents ate hot dogs and popcorn, and they were just um, sm all smiles. They didn't have to pay for a lunch that day, so maybe they got a little better dinner. Five hundred hot dogs is yeah. a lot That's of a hot lot. dogs. Well, yeah, well, Brian, I asked Brian, like, why so many? He goes, this time we weren't gonna run out. <laughs> so like we didn't but actually we did oh, Brian got it for you yeah Brian, well Brian Davison and the Blessing Angels in general did all okay. that and then uh, there was uh, two 50 inch uh, screen TVs right so this is what's cool you know how raffles a lot of times someone gets it but you don't really know them or whatever this time it happened to be Candy Candelera she won one of the 50-inch screen TVs. She's been coming for wow. four years and setting up the games. Oh, and each cool. time, she, she, the game gets a little better prize. And this time, she had, like, all these Halloween decorations, like ones that my mom buys to put up at my house. She was giving away for free. So she had went over to the 99-cent store, and they, like, donated a bunch. Nice. nice. So, like, then she won the TV. So, like, I was like, wow, man, the, the creator set right there, right? Well, guess who else won a TV? You. Barbara Babcock, Miss B, oh. she won a TV too. Now, now you got to give her some props here because, like, she has been coming to every single one. And the first one, she actually had time for change, bring a whole van of kids over to the event. So, 
Um, she did her time, so I was like, wow, she really, and she didn't even keep the TV herself. She gave it to her landlord, so I thought that. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That was pretty nice. She gave it to Michael. Yep. And then the coolest part. All right. So, Chuck, the gold guy, he does free events all over this whole community, all the way in. What's Chuck's last name? Um, Hola. Mm. So he like uh, he's a Pueblo Native American mm. from New Mexico, mm. but he loves San Bernardino and Red lives in this area, and he loves teaching kids gold panning. And his whole crew came out nice. dressed up, um, brought all their equipment, and then he won the raffle for the six foot uh, grinder from Green Shack that was donated. So I was I was like, wow! The everyone that won the stuff was like really hard working volunteers, Good. and I mean that Good. that was just like wow. Was this set up? <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool. I, and, and, and we had about, uh, I'd say about 300, 400 uh, kids show up there and then with their parents and stuff. And then cycle on through. So it was, a, it was an excellent event. Um, what, what else did we do? We did a couple things this weekend, this last couple of weeks. Um, what, what else? Oh, <clears throat> man. <laughs> I have so many things that I do. Oh, Robert I, does all of them. Full I, moon, I, full moon circle. Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the the family cultural yeah. night we did that, and we did uh, with Sandra Weber. Um, she uh, um, brought soapstone. Oh, so nice. I got to do soapstone carving, and oh, uh, nice. and all the kids uh, got to um, uh, make their own little arrowhead and put it on a necklace. So I thought that was it was so real. Cool. It was real soapstone. Real soapstone. Nice. Yeah. So we have a little file there, and nice. and they actually gave me a few pieces to take home. So Beautiful. I can uh, carve on my own a, a, oh. a nice little bear piece. So they make good little idols, or uh, yeah, and they're it's really soft, the stone, and it feels like a uh, baby powder. And in fact, Native Americans used it as a as a type of talcum powder because that's right. what a talc is. It a set? It's a sedimentary stone, I imagine. Um, right? uh, that soft. Um, I I don't believe so. Oh. I, I I think it it is made in uh um because it, it it's on the um. Channel Islands, the biggest sources on Catalina. Oh, so it, that would have it, to be... It, yeah, uh, I think it's igneous. Igneous. Yeah, or, or possibly or metamorphic. Metamorphic, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not really sure. In, mm. in fact, that's an excellent question, but I do know that it is highly thermal dynamic soapstone, so that's why it was a superior material to uh, pottery, and a lot of oh, pottery... Oh, just fire it up? Yeah. Oh. A lot of pottery wasn't around here, and mm. especially closer to the coast, because soapstone is a superior pot, and you can heat it up, cool it down, heat it up, right, cool it down, right. Right. And it, it won't break. So I can't believe you guys know all these things. <laughs> <laughs> like sitting here, like what? How do y'all even know all this stuff? It, it's kind of like uh, <laughs> if you had to live that way, you yeah. probably would know what soapstone was because those people that had had those uh, utensils and those pots probably were like, wow, they, they can cook. You know, like if you cook in a, a, a clay pot, eventually it cracks and breaks. Right. But this would last a long time. <laughs> So uh, that, that's how we did with the soapstone. Cool. And, and the next one will be on uh, November 13th. And uh, it's over there at the Professional Development Center, 430 Georgia Boulevard. It's like by Hallmark and uh, University right over in that area. It's in a big uh, school, board, uh, uh, school board building where they have a bunch of conferences and a bunch of offices over there. So it's called Family Cultural Night. If you'd like to, to bring your kids to it, it's free for 
for Native American kids. It's free for any kids that want to come. So uh, bring bring your parents, kids. Do you have to pay. Do you have to pay a fee to? No, to do it's the all activity? it's all free, and it's like we kind of try to like. There's not a lot of people that come, so uh, no. you know we don't haven't had to build up a lot of extra supplies and material, but. You know, eventually, if a lot more people come, we will do that. Yeah, I, I applaud you because I know in this day when everybody is scared of their own shadow and they're getting more, you know, insulated, to get really people to come out of their houses and their kids, I, I applaud you all for doing that. I really do. And this is going to be even better. Now, Cinder uh, came up to me. She's like, how about we start, like we saw uh, that Latino, Latino B I went over to yeah. at uh, Pacific High School, <laughs> and it was like Latino history uh, B, like a spelling B, but except for history. Latino history bee. There you go. And uh, Cinder wants to do it for uh, Native Americans. So I thought that would be really cool to set up. And then, uh, um, and then at the powwow, hopefully we're going to maybe try to set up uh, um, uh, a Jackie wants to set up uh, like kind of like this family cultural night, but at the actual powwow. So the kids can come in there and do soapstone and all that stuff oh, in there. Oh, that'd be great. But then also maybe I could have all my uh, California fossils and, uh, and local world fossils and have a little fossil museum in there. And then maybe we can get someone to bring in uh, some uh, Native American artifacts for the museum too. And then mm. we could have a little museum there. So I thought that was really a, nice. a great idea um, that, that Jackie brought up. So we, we're, we're making plans to try to do good things for kids in the community that they can learn and, and have a nostalgia and great feelings for San Bernardino when they grow up and, uh, and, and, and want to stay here and teach more kids. You know, maybe having, and, you know, having taught in this community for almost 20 years, you know, anywhere from... Redlands, you know, I think we had a day nursery all the way to Cal State. And that's just it. No, it was never any emphasis on what was going on here and the history of it. And the only thing I knew, there was a real cool lake at here one time that you had gondolas that went across, and I wish they would have brought that back. And they tried to do that with the rivers and streams me, me, projects. Me, uh, Meadowbrook Lake, right? No, no. It was the uh, larger lake. It was a 100-acre lake. Oh, really? really? Yeah, yeah. That's not Meadowbrook, right? No. That would be the one that was by Inland Center. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember what it was. Yeah, isn't that Meadowbrook Lake? No. Yeah, I've seen pictures of Got it, it. With, with the gondola. Like, oh, amazing. Ladies in their uh, dresses yeah, yeah. and stuff sitting yeah. in the park lake. And it was a hot spring, right? It was yes. It? Yes, so it was like... Uh, it was um, a hot and a cold spring, yeah, so... Yeah. yeah, and it was a major Native American site as totally, well. Totally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Cottonwoods and, everywhere around it. And right there is where, uh, when the earthquake happened in the late 1800s, a, a actual black hot springs popped up there. Right. And that's what drove the Native Americans to want to attack Poltalana because they thought, sulfur. Yeah, they thought that was a bad omen oh. that uh, that that they were there and a hot springs popped up and it was right. it was the, the the black sulfur variety and they didn't like that <laughs> yeah that'll kill you yeah so they they uh they attacked it and and that may be why we didn't have a, a mission here because of that attack right there when that happened or the sulfurous yeah. uh, and, and and if you know uh, uh anything about sulfur? native american culture uh, earthquakes were 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 a scary Taboo. thing then mm. it, just like now yeah yeah so uh um that's a little bit about that nice. uh, pretty cool pretty cool what what have you been up to carmel Mm, I've been fighting with the homeless people in the city. You're fighting with the homeless? Mm -hmm. What were they doing? What are they doing? Well, when I went to Alabama for four days oh. and I came back, I have a commercial building at the entryway of Route 66, which is, I believe, 21st or 20th in Mount Vernon. And I come back, and they have built like six or 12 
homeless encampments inside my fence have yeah. broken down my property door, Yikes. are vandalizing my property, and then as I'm like in process <clears throat> of calling the police, my dad calls me and he's cussing me out, and he's telling me that now he's receiving a thousand dollar fine for this, and I was only gone for four days. For what? <laughs> Wait a minute. For this not- home for this homeless encampment. So. So, needless to say, then I had to call the code enforcement, and I had to call the PD, and I called the PD again, and they they didn't show up, and then I got ticked off a little bit again, and then I called the quality of life people twice, and they didn't show up. Mm. So then my dad, he's so funny, he's 70, and he doesn't Mm. really know how to use the email. I swear he can't use the email. (laughs) Okay, but so he tries to send the code officer an email, but he sends it to (laughs) www.sbcity.org. Like that. What do you mean? How did you expect it to get there? You know. <laughs> so I forwarded my dad's email to to Captain Lawhead, and I just was like begging him, like you know, please help me help you. Like, if people are destroying my property right now as I'm writing this email, and there's nothing I can do about it, my workers won't go over there. They're scared. I'm not gonna go over there. Like, if there's like twelve or six or fifteen against me, what? I'm not gonna win. You know. I mean, I don't carry a gun. So eventually. I, he, Captain Law had got it, but then I just called back and I said, I need to speak to the watch commander. And then I spoke to the watch commander. Well, they asked me, they asked you a bunch of questions before you can even speak to the watch commander, which, I mean, you shouldn't really just give me the watch commander if you didn't do the right thing the last five times I called, you know. And so then I got this guy on the phone and then he started helping me. Make a long story short, then I got the quality of life guy, Jay, and he sent me this, and he's a really cool dude. I really like this guy. And he sent me this form saying that it's no trespass, so if they go there, then they can arrest everybody, and then I don't have to go there. But I'm like, why didn't people tell me that up front, right? I could have signed that. That's what, uh, that's what uh, Starbucks has now. So like, uh, Just if, arrest people? Well, well, yeah, well, what happens is they camp out on the property as soon as you leave. And if you don't give the police permission to take them trespassers off, they, they are not allowed to take them. So uh, you actually have to sign paperwork to allow them to take people off your property trespassing after hours. But, I mean, this was like a whole homeless... In, I mean, really what it looked like is they were charging people to dump on my property. And so, make a long story short... Why didn't you... Go, you could have turned this into to lemonade. Why don't you go over there and, like, start charging them all rent? Like, no, because you can't do that. I mean, no, they don't make money. the city is going to be pissed, and then I'm going to get a $1,000 fine. and then Can't we subdivide the property up and make a no. bunch of small houses? No, and they were like, I think they were all crazy. So, oh, they were, they were mentally so, ill. Huh? So, the city was crazy or the homeless people? This, all of the above. <laughs> so, so I'm going to tell you, finally, finally over the weekend, the one guy from the Quality of Life, he, go, he, he goes over, he tells him he has the paper. If they don't get off my property, he's going to come back and he's going to arrest them all. And they threw off like five of them. And we cleaned up and we got a new fence, right? And then so uh, last night, Sunday night, I drive by about 5.15. They're outside of my fence now, still on my property, and still halfway in the middle of the street, right? Like now I'm really ticked, okay? I'm like, so I called the police again this morning. I called the police at 9 o'clock. It was 4 o'clock when the police showed up today. They finally put three of them in handcuffs. They let them go because they didn't have any warrants. And then the city truck came and picked up all their stuff. So finally, successfully, from last Monday or Tuesday, I finally got them off of my property. And I I went through the whole San Bernardino system. And I did receive help. 
So I'm not complaining. And once I figured out how to get through the system, I could get some help. But my my problem is, is I think that a regular person, because I don't consider myself a regular person, I think that a regular person might not be able to get through the system. Carmel, thank you. know, you just did a beautiful primer for what it takes, and that's the sheer frustration in any levels of bureaucracy and layers, and thank you for doing that. I hope everybody was listening to that, because that's the sheer frustration. If you can, you know, methodically go through those steps, and you know you're going to get something, but that was was beautiful. I I have a question. Uh, Someone hit me up today, and they wanted to know, um, Mount, they're like, how do I get their attention about Mount? Okay, this is what I have to do, city. Like, on my free time, I get messages about how to fix my city that, that should be going to you, <laughs> right? But, but I take time out of my day because I love San Bernardino that much. I don't get one cent for any of this stuff. All I get out of it is the fact that hopefully some good things will happen if, the, if you give someone the guidance to do this, these steps properly, like you said. And uh, what would you do if you wanted Mount Vernon repaved? Well, they'd probably tell you to put in a CRM, which is the thing from the Go request, which mm. then I got something else to say about that. So um, the dog pound came knocking at my door, or the, my kids called it the police. They're like, the police are here, Mom. I'm like, what do you mean? And so somebody turned in saying that my dogs bark at 3 in the morning. And when the guy's telling me, he's like, oh, well, somebody put in a CRM request. But you wouldn't know what that is. It's just a complaint. Now, first of all, I did know what that was. And second of all, if you were talking to a person who doesn't know what that was, that would be a very good opportunity to explain the Go Request app to get more people to use it. And I just, you know, I was very frustrated by the whole thing. Where, so, where, where, Where's this Go Request app at? Where do you what do you get, mean? It's, where, where you do you download it from the App Store or the Play Store. But uh-huh. um, it lets you report streetlights. It lets you report potholes. It lets you report graffiti. It lets you report vandalism. It lets you report homeless encampments. It lets you report a whole bunch of things. Now, at the same time, it kind of lets the city get away with stuff because, um, like, some of my requests, it took a year for them to process yeah. through. Yeah, Sandra <clears throat> said that some some of hers don't get uh, right. looked at either. And, and then and then they pass the buck, and then they just keep <clears throat> telling you to do this over and over again. But I think a few minor tweaks, and I think that if our city ever was really using the resources and the manpower they had, like, wisely, you know, if you were in um, a Fortune 500 business, you definitely wouldn't run it how the city runs. You wouldn't waste money and manpower the way they do because you would be bankrupt and out of business and you couldn't function because you weren't a government entity well, like, and you weren't going to get a bailout. Is it like what happened to us, right? Yeah. What's still happening? Well, you got to remember with the city workers, a lot of them, they really are trying to do mm. the best they mm. can do with what they've mm. got. But they can only do as much as what they're given. And their supervisors can only work with as much as they are. When you, everything you look at when you're talking about government agency, it... Follow the trail uphill, and eventually you'll find at the top of the heap, which is the elected officials, that's what they're elected for, it's hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some hang-up that they've got. <laughs> it always comes down to that. So, so what, what's oh, Sam Neal's so, problem, Scott Olson? I yeah, need to know. Well, no, no, I want to know. I want to know. So, what what would that be for the mayor in Valdivia, Councilman Valdivia? Okay, you got to realize whenever you have anybody who's an incumbent, mean they're already elected. Okay, if they're running on the promises of the things they're going to change and do better, they just admitted they blew it. Okay, mm-hmm. when you have somebody who's an incumbent. <coughs> Okay, and they have to tell you things like, well, we got rid of the fire department. That was a wonderful accomplishment. Right. And it's costing everybody $150 a year. 54. Or we, 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 we took <laughs> care of the <laughs> trash problems, and they're collecting $3 million a year for doing nothing, and your trash bill goes up because they're the ones who created the agreement that, you know, Burtek is a for-profit company. And we got company. no say-so. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they do not allow you to vote on anything. Or speak for that okay? matter. Um, their definition of success, in my mind, is not very positive. Mm. Now, when you have somebody who's been around for four, five, six years, who's been a target, I mean... My, my, cal- my, yeah. my question is, is, is Valdivia an incumbent? No. Valdivia is a city council person. Um, I love what the Mayor Davis's supporters have said that if there's a problem in the third ward like the animal shelter, it's got to be all John's fault because he's the counselor for that ward. It can't oh, be Davis's goodness. fault. You know, that kind of logic has just been like deceptively all over the Internet. Um, with Valdivia, he's seen the problems for several years. And quite honestly, if you're happy with San Bernardino and you think it's perfectly OK, then you vote for an incumbent. If you think that we could do better in this city, if we had somebody with some fresh new ideas to give it a fresh try, then you have only one choice, and that's to vote for the person who's running against the incumbent. Right. In, in now, this well, case, right. it's Valdivia. I, I, and I right. know I right. know what an incumbent is. Yeah. And, and what I was saying is that a lot of people look at the fact that, that Valdivia and the mayor are both on the same council, and they kind of look at them that they're, they're both responsible I for what's happening. I got an answer. Yeah, I, yes. I do, too. Go ahead, so I'll make it quick. The simple to this is very, answer is very simple. When John Valdiv was first elected, the powers that be that support the mayor were not very happy. Four months after he was in office, they tried to recall him, claiming that he was one of the big problems for the bankruptcy. How can you be? Right. It, it's, kind of it, it, it's, and most of their claims have about as much credibility <laughs> as John caused the bankruptcy. At the same time, they're saying the former mayor, who was the mayor six years before bankrupt, he never did anything wrong. When you have a group of people telling you the current mayor, when your city's in our shape, doesn't do anything wrong, that's a dead giveaway that they're probably not being very truthful about Valdivia or any other person running against him. Because in politics, you know, if you don't have a record to stand on, you go dirty and you go against the person running against you. And let's trust me, we all know all the accusations at Valdivia... It ain't been nice. Uh, all right, now I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. 
What, so uh, who are you going to pick for the, the um, fourth ward with uh, Fred Charette and Alex Beltran? I promised Fred I would not run anything against him. Honest truth is I didn't have time to do it anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> now, that being said, since I am no longer on the Republican Central Committee, even though Fred is endorsed by the Republican Central Committee, which mm. was a stupid idea, the only reason he got it is because he's an incumbent, and it's a matter of procedural rules that gave it to him, so, not because so, he so earned it. Fred's a Republican? Fred is a Republican. He's actually an alternate on the Republican Central Committee. How, he, come, he, how come that's not on his flyer? Oh. Well, you know, what can you say? <laughs> um, you see, Nonpartisan. I can't go much farther than that because, like I said, I wasn't going to say much mm. about negative. Now, I honestly don't know Alex Beltran, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to say anything now, negative now, her, now, about th- her. This is either. what I'll say for Alex. Uh, uh, last uh, Thursday, um, uh, Arthur had his uh, um, uh, uh, forum for cannabis in the, the two initiatives over here, and Henry Nichols showed up, and Alex Beltran showed up. So I, I was really proud of them. And uh, they did their little spiel. Now, I'll, I'll just be straight honest. They know a little bit about cannabis. They need to do more studying. Do they inhale? Um, um, <laughs> I could have schooled them. <laughs> And I didn't, but I did mm. play the role of asking a little bit more about the personal cultivation issues. Um, I, I wish you would have been there, Carmel. If you would have been there, it would have been a little differently because it was kind of like a soapbox for them instead right. of... Right, I got it. But yeah. the point is, the, the, the whole thing is, is honestly, it doesn't really matter <laughs> because we've been fighting this and fighting right. this and fighting it, this. And cannabis is going to win. I mean, I'll just be honest. It's going to win in everything just if it has the word cannabis. But this is my problem. This is what I told Mr. Nickel. I go, if we're going to receive lawsuits anyways because um, over in Fontana, they, they're, they, uh, Judge Cohn may strike down some of those personal cultivation things like high uh, fees and things, right? So that would – if ours passes, that will make ours – Stronger. Ha, no, well, what, what makes it that we'll, because we have It'll those. Make sim- us we. Yeah, because we're, we're going to get sued again by we, the ACLU for having the same thing that Fontana had. Yeah, that they're because of the actions of our trouble. city attorney. Oh, no. Because of the actions ACLU. of our city attorney and our city mayor, we had an ordinance against marijuana. And if you notice, there are a lot of cities around San Bernardino that had ordinance against marijuana, and they are standing strong without issues. They're not having the problems we are. When the city put out Measure P, and it was nothing more than a poison pill trying to suck right. votes out of the other ones. They literally, literally destroyed the credibility of the ordinance banning marijuana, which left our city wide open. It was a free-for-all. The thing is, is that they're still operating illegally, not marijuana, but the city. They really, this, this whole ordinance, this is what they're doing. This is why they're doing it. And they honestly, you know, that Stephanie Smith's ordinance, I honestly believe that she had enough signatures, and if they would have counted every single one, she should have been on the ballot. Definitely. And, and I think that the city had a plan, and I honestly think that the city clerk bought into the plan, and that's why she's now keeping her job where before she wasn't. And um, I think that the city is trying to shove marijuana down right now um, because they're putting this tax. And so then they can save face to their people, you know, the 1%. Well, well how, how about my little conspiracy theory here? How about this? Uh, push Stephanie Smith out on purpose because they knew that how Judge Cone was going to rule on that Fontana issue, and they knew they would have the same issue. So this new ordinance gets in, right? Then they'll be 
in more litigation so it won't be done, but they'll still have the tax one done and they can start collecting well, taxes from uh, Measure O. The thing is, though, is I don't really think they knew from Judge Cohen because Judge Cohen doesn't really side with the city. Like, he really... Well, well no, like, but the lawsuit itself kind of makes sense. It, it, it I understand. When you're charging, like, 400 bucks for your personal cultivation permit or whatever, that's almost putting it out of the range of most locals. That, that yes, have that every, what they're every doing. Year. Every individual would yes. be yes. asking you to pay you that? Every house. Why is that bad? Uh, to pay 400 bucks? Because to, most people can't even keep their lights on in yeah, our city. And, and yeah. this is the other thing. <clears throat> it has to be done inside. And oh, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and that, and, but that violates the state greenhouse. Yeah. 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 And if, you, law, if so. you did have to do it inside, all that cultivation equipment's thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Right? I mean, and I mean, then electricity, and yeah. when they could just grow a plant right outside in their yard for free. Right. And a lot of houses in the city, you know, are old, and they have that old, like, knob and tube kind of electrical. Right. And you really shouldn't be running Pretty that dangerous. kind of stuff yeah, exactly. in the house. Yeah, here's the situation with all of this, and I've listened to it, and anybody knows me, is I don't. Use marijuana, Mayor Davis. You as mayor, you want to smoke a joint out of the show? You already know not going to happen. Mayor Davis sat as mayor, and he had the veto power when Measure P came up. If he was really serious about keeping our city's laws in a position where they'd have good standing to be have no marijuana, he should have vetoed it. Well, he should have spoke marijuana. up against it. But go back into the record, and guess what? Because I was there, I was waiting for it and watching it. Mayor Davis. Never spoke up for it. What Mayor Davis has chosen to do is play legal games that cost the city a whole lot of money, and we don't have it. And a lot of what he's doing is he's just praying he can stall it past this election yeah. so he can put up the false pretense yeah, that he's anti-marijuana right. when all he is is a guy who's playing games that are costing our city a lot. And, and the, There's it, no solution. In the Latter-day Saints, they're all moving, in, even in Utah, not all of them, but like... They're, they're moving to a more lenient a look accepted, at it. And, yeah. and, and maybe a small group Even there. Even medical, yes. But that small group grows just like in every other group, right. and they'll eventually see that there is medicinal value to some of these things, and what they've been saying is right. there is bad things about cannabis, but there is also a lot of good things, so we got to give it a chance to study yeah. it. I, but, but here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem. They put this on there, and if you actually read it, it says that, that the ordinance doesn't actually pass Unless the tax measure passes. Interesting. You got to read the fine print yeah, on but, everything. But to me, like, mm. I know but here's, if, if cannabis is in it, anywhere in the United States, it's going to win. And that's the problem, Robert. That's the oh, whole, yeah. that's the whole setup, okay? Because here's mm. the thing. The taxes that they're going to collect, first of all, they're too high, okay? Second of all, um, they're general taxes, which means it's all going in the general fund. Oh, that's crazy. Not it for enforcement been, or anything it, it like should that? Have oh. been, it should have been um, a special election, mm. Mm. and it should have, all that money should have been earmarked, like 10% here, 10% here, 10% here, mm. 15% here, 20% here. Because we already know that in this city, we don't have a good handle on our general fund. Even today, okay, like that money that they say we have a surplus, it is not a surplus. It is in stocks and bonds. It is not liquid money. We cannot go to the bank and write a check and withdraw that money. And even worse, the only reason we have $30 million is because that's the $30 million that Vertec paid so they could have the trash wow. system. So what happens is the same old government bait and switch. 
They're going to sit there and say, well, we can't help that the trash fees are raised because that's Burtek's responsibility. Which, Burtek, which they've as, already raised yeah. them. Now, Burtek is a business, mm-hmm. and Burtek got into it. And there was a reason why they couldn't raise the rates for a year because they wanted to kind of mellow it out and all of that. Burtek is a business who needs to make a profit. They couldn't raise those rates unless the city had voted us under the table to set us up in the first place. And let me tell you a little story about that. So in all this <clears throat> homelessness and all these evictions and all this craziness I've had to go through, my dad says I'm calling a dumpster, which my dad calls a dumpster every My dad is like the dumpster king, <laughs> okay? He's like, get a dumpster, get the trash, get da 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 this is the and my dad is is seventy years old. He's been in real estate for over fifty years. He's been in San Bernardino for over fifty years. And You're one tough cookie, let me oh. tell you. And let me tell you, my dad he called Burtek. They told him the trash bin was like seven hundred dollars. He almost had a heart attack. Okay, <laughs> then he was like never freaking mind. So then he calls around and he gets he can get a better deal at all these other trash companies. But they tell my dad they can't bring a dumpster because Burtek has a contract and they'll get in trouble and they'll get fined. Wow. Okay, so not only is Burtek raping you in the rates, but they got this contract. So a person like my dad who really only wanted to pay four fifty for a dumpster. Isn't that a monopoly? Yes. So let me tell you, after all these years I just told you of my dad ordering a dumpster, my dad rented a U-Haul truck, <laughs> the biggest U-Haul truck he could find. And he stuck it all in there, and he drove it all to the dump that way. And he saved himself over $400. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> you wow. Know. That's, how you, that's how businessmen think wow. right there. And Mayor Davis in his campaign <clears throat> is talking about how he saved us money that way. <laughs> well, he didn't save us any money because after all these years, he didn't get my dad's, my dad's dumpster it, business. And for as long as my dad is here, he'll never order another dumpster. And, I mean, if you could pull the records right now on how many dumpsters my dad's ordered in the course of his years in San Bernardino, okay, he could have probably built a bridge. <laughs> and here, here's the worst part. The San Bernardino City Refuse Department that we sold actually operated in the black. It had no it wasn't going, it was not having a single impact on making the bankruptcy worse. In fact, it was a solid part it, that gave us financial solidity, it, it, and we sold it. It gave us money because we make a lot of money in the recyclables. We collect, a, that's why Burtek wanted to pay us so much money because they know what we get from the recyclables. But the reason that they really, they're not making as much money as they think is because the homeless people are taking all the recycles out of the right. trash can. Yeah, we can, like, well, that's why they raised our rates, to tell you, because they, they're like, oh, no. My, my mom's car was broken into two days ago. And I, they, we let, she left the door open, and they went in, and they, they took her a cart that she takes to the food bank. And, um, yes, we, we get food from the food bank because we ain't got no money. But, but when you get food bank money, you know, you can survive a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier to do that. But yeah. Where is the food bank now since it's not at the Home Enabler Services? I, my mom's the food bank queen. She knows all the information for all that stuff and gives it to everybody. So she does yeah. it. Your mom's got a huge heart. She was a great worker, too. And, and, and I can say that. And she, was, she did a good job over there at the, the spooky uh, shack the, the, yesterday. And she dressed up as a witch. <laughs> and, and I was like, you know, I, I was like, 
I thought you were going to dress up. <laughs> Robert, that's not funny. <laughs> Robert, I'm, I'm sitting here complimenting. Robert, I'm complimenting your mother, and I'm giving her kudos. <laughs> and you're dogging her in the process. I mean, that, come that, on. That's now, not even anything. When I got the Halloween decorations out, I set them all in the front yard, and I go, "Mom, mom, your hat's out here." And <laughs> Robert, you're treating her like she's like the, you're treating her like she's one of the elected officials in the city that's been lying to us for four years. <laughs> no, this Robert, is, this is how my mom. She says, "I'll just kick your." <laughs> Good for her, <laughs> Robert. A couple of uh, East Side EI uh, political things going on, especially in Yucaipa. What's going down? Well, uh, interestingly enough, is that the uh, they're blaming the clerk. Of course, it's not, this is not the first time it's happened, and I predicted it would. It seems is that the two people running for city council, the misinformation was given about their campaign. And it went out, and nobody looked at it, and nobody from the county looked at it, nobody at the assessor's office looked at it, so it's complete misinformation. So who's who's running for... Well, this is Avila and Wayne Padgett, and Avila's the guy that I've spoken about that basically claims is that the toxic dump is not a problem of Eukaipas. Is he going to move over there and live there with his he, family? He should. That's what I say, definitely. So... Uh, he he's uh, he just he likes to sit there. He's the one. He and his wife had a forum. You know, she's with the Chamber of Commerce. Nobody was allowed to ask questions, and we finally found out that his wife was the one that worked for the Chamber of Commerce. But one of the things we've had a little bit of a problem with, besides the dump, is it looks as that the county is doing some other remediation. And again, we cannot get any information from it. They're being very uh, negligent when it comes to public records acts. But. Um, People, people said, well, what are we going to do about this situation? And uh, they said, well, that's not a big deal. So they're not going to do anything. They're sending like a little message out to everybody. I'm going to ask for a special election. I mean, how can you just arbitrarily uh, change that? They did that when we had an initiative process one time and went to the registrar of voters because they gave the wrong information. And we had to collect signatures. We did it in 10 days, and that's how we defeated Walmart and Home Depot that were going to take the old, all of Outer Highway 10. Another thing today is uh, Mr. Tim Donnelly had his giant signs up illegally on public posts, and somebody tore them down because they were basically about, <laughs> yeah, I just don't know who, but they were about <laughs> Congressman Paul Cook, who is a decorated Vietnam vet, and that he, in his congressional uh, position, although he's voted with Trump 98% of the time, was for transgender people having sex operations and the public paying for it. So, I don't know. His signs just fell down. Must have been a win. <laughs> I feel so, so bad, so, you know. So, Scott. This is a guy yeah, that's right. taught me this is, everything. This is what I, okay. Scott, Scott, we've been having this argument let, let for let like a few weeks. Let me put this back and forth to you. <laughs> yeah. I saw the pictures of Donnelly's signs, and they should not have been posted on the telephone poles. That Highway said, signs, everything, yep. As per California state law, if you do not own the property and you are caught taking down signs, you will be prosecuted and you will have a record. And if you don't believe me, there's a certain person. Jim Smith. I didn't say it. I did. Okay. <laughs> uh, who was, was caught right. and prosecuted and was put on probation, and he was not the only one. Okay. That's that's unless it's if it's in a if it's in a right of way or it's on any public no, transportation no. corridor. No, it was a case that went through state of California and Lieberman, and that was several years ago. Common Core said basically, if it's a hazard, which it is, if you're putting on a, a highway sign, you can take it down. The see the state can take it down as a private resident. You cannot go onto some other property that you have no control. It's your property. It's public property. Wrong. 
No. You cannot. <laughs> I've Superior court case three years ago. I have investigated ago. and people I, have been prosecuted for that. I, okay, so how about this? Yeah. We'll have to we have to agree to disagree until you, we get the law. It, it, it's on you to get that All law, right. that case, All and right. we'll, we'll see it. Like, okay, because in the city of San Bernardino, there is no ordinance for putting signs anywhere, and I have worked on campaigns where mm. we have straight out put them on the telephone poles. Mm. Why? Because when we checked with the people who own the telephone poles, they said, no, we don't like it, we don't want it, but we don't have the manpower, and we have no legal right to do anything. When did people start individually owning telephone poles? No, the utilities own the telephone poles. Right, and they are on what land? So if you, the, it doesn't matter. It's public property. No, that's a side. L- that's what these guys is. argue signs. I work for a utility. <laughs> Trust me, you have no right as a citizen to come on and do what you want to do on a utility property. Now you can go ahead and insist that, but when that. When the, no, that camera we're gonna clicks, get down to it. We're gonna get and the actual those details. photographs go into the pr- the district attorney's office, mm. and you find yourself in court. When you're on probation, See, have fun telling your probation. We didn't Join say who did. Nobody did it over here. Hey, one <laughs> other point. Uh, last Friday, we had the the hearing at Superior Court. That was uh, the Friends of Lytle Creek against the Ferris Brothers, the City of Rialto, and Oil yeah. King, Cheryl Brown, and all that stuff. And uh, this is real strange. And I think of all the environmental court cases I've been involved in is is that Judge Alvarez, who I think is a pretty good judge myself. He took new information from the other party, which I think is real strange when it actually came to the hearing, because this is our second hearing, and he's put it off till December. My own opinion on that is... Like a new environmental report or something? Well, I don't know, because what can you bring up? This is the second time they brought they, the they, same they project. They another CEQA. No, all they did was fudge numbers. They didn't change anything, and we won on eight out of the ten points, but we had very corrupt Judge Gafkowski. Uh, uh, disallow us from putting any information in when it went to the appellate level. But this is kind of interesting, uh, of that 9,000 homes. Like I said, Cheryl Brown tried to make her living on that, and, you know, we got rid of her. But uh, it, my opinion, and from what I've heard from Fish and Wildlife, it looks as that there may be a Jeopardy opinion issued, and that's mm-hmm. big time for several species. But I think what Alvarez was intelligent in doing is if the... Republicans maintain the House, they will destroy what's left of the planet, and that will be gutting every environmental law that they haven't destroyed right, already. Let's say, let's say well, well, yeah, well yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's the truth. Yeah, well, I, truth. Know, I know we'll, and, we'll stay and, away from that. And the, Democrats <laughs> may, and the Democrats may hold that's clean air, clean water species. I mean, that's what it is. It's human survival. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Oh, there you all go. I'm so, insane. <laughs> is give peace Oh, come on, bro. Because there's a... There's a Democrat, a Republican, a I'm Republican. not a Democrat. <laughs> I don't like either party. I don't I, either. I'm a declined <laughs> state, and I am, will not choose any party for no. my whole life. Now let's get into a few events before we're done. Now we have a, a Halloween coming up here, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, I know the Way of the Outreach Churches has an, a Halloween event over there. Uh, Redlands, downtown Redlands has an event where you can walk around, and so does downtown Riverside. Why does Sarah Dino not have a downtown trick or treat? Because uh, you can't walk around downtown right. when the lights are off, yes. on, wow. or that when it's dark, you cannot. Oh, that'd be t- I mean, okay. it's crazy. Scary as hell. Well, we'll just in Rialto hmm. City. I know because I'm in a position with my job where I have to monitor all that. They have not one, but probably several connected, interacted. Same thing with Fontana. Same hmm. thing with Colton. Colton yeah. In San Dino, your best bet is to find a church that you're comfortable with and go to, instead of looking for a Halloween thing, look for what you usually call harvest. Or, or, or trunk or treats. Trunk or treats, yeah. another one. 
or a harvest festival, they call them, because churches aren't into and, Halloween. And then the word I've been noticing a lot in the in the event uh, as family, safe family fun. They oh, missed yeah. the whole I, aspect I'm of what all what Saints Eve is about. That and yeah. all souls. Well, the purpose of a harvest <laughs> festival is to honestly they ignore the whole Halloween yeah. issue. But for the kids, the games and all of that, and I know Brian's church up on 40th Street has one. Our church at Judson has one. Emmanuel Baptist and, has and, a huge and one. And it's all free. And what I have to say to that is that All Hallows Eve has changed, uh, is a very dynamic thing. And if it's morphing... It's a pagan holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, no, that's, but that, that doesn't necessarily... Day. That doesn't mean that other, other groups can right. enjoy that day, too, and then make it fun for the kids. And I want more events for the kids. I don't care who what they call it. I just want right. to tell you guys that the downtown... Trick or treat used to be in the Carousel Mall, mm. and we don't have the Carousel Mall, mm. and we've sold off all the I heard, assets. I heard it's getting trashed inside there. I've oh. heard that too. Um, and purposefully, that's why they actually sold off all the assets because the homeless people kept getting in, and they didn't want the, mm. those things destroyed, so they wanted to get the yeah. money that they well did. under the leadership of Mayor Davis. <laughs> We had all this wonderful sh city council presentations about how they're going to build all these wonderful buildings and do all this wonderful right. stuff, and it's all connected with the <laughs> city theater and all of that. And funny thing with Mayor Davis is... I'm still waiting. One of his campaign uh, highlights isn't about Carousel Mall. He is silent. Why? Mm. Because they lost the developer. There's no developer. <laughs> yeah, that guy took off. Oh, man. Yeah, well, of course he did. It was... I want to get through these last these last events real quick. Um, we got we also have the the air show at the San Bernardino International Yay! Airport. I love Ooh. the air show. We're Whoa. having it. We're, we're having it for two days in a row. And uh, for dogs. And, uh, blue, I'm, and uh, if angels? I can, yeah. I'm gonna be there at least one day this it, weekend. I already uh, I already wrote them and uh, trying to get a, a press pass if I can because I love going to that thing. I, I met them from staying at the Hilton, and they let us. They gave us all free tickets, and they let us go on the. the they're they're the good gym. over yeah, there. They're they're, they always treated me good, and uh, even when I tried to barge in, they let me in. So they're they're, they're good. I heard people. Cassie McDuff's going to drop out of a out of plane at thirty thousand feet. I don't I don't know what's going <laughs> on over there, but like okay. Then also on that same day, um, on the Saturday, um, the. They have a brew rebellion over mm. there. At it's having their like local palooza where they're having local bands and stuff. So after you're done with their show, head on over to Brew Rebellion, have a beer, and it's right there on Leland Norton mm. Way, and enjoy yourself. Then, all right, we got a, the Veterans Parade Sunday, November 11th at 11 a.m. near Meadowbrook Park. So it's an event that I try to do every year, and Chavacitos is heavily involved, and so is the city. Um, I think is that it's not VA sponsored, right? Um, no, it's no. city sponsored. Mm. Uh, I, I think uh, more like Suavecitos worked their butt off mm. on it, and then like uh, city takes city took yeah, over or cool. whatever. Or, cool. But you know what it comes down to is it's for veterans, yes, and that's the main thing. Yeah. And if we can get people out there to show support for yeah. our veterans, it's incredible because they need support. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they well, have especially the ones that have PTSD yeah. and and things or were wounded in war, I mean. They love these kinds of events, and uh, they, they love the, that we show them respect. So, uh, We also have the Turkey Trot coming up on Thanksgiving. Starts at 7 a.m. You can register at turkeytrot.com. That's November 22nd on Thanksgiving. I know you know what Thanksgiving is, so you don't even have to mark the date. It's the day I sleep in. <laughs> yeah. it, but if you wish, you can wake up early like me. 
I'll be waking up at the butt crack of dawn, getting out there to set up and helping Felicia Alexander and Damon Alexander set up this incredible event. I will be MC, talking my butt off. Nothing wrong with the turkey trot, but Robert. it's Thanksgiving, and my time will be with my family. Nice. That's it. Nice. Period. I, I always take all the holidays. It's like I work all the time. If uh, During the holiday, nobody bothers me, so I'm not getting up, and I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> I love it. Sounds good, Carmel. <laughs> all right. I, I like to end this segment. Uh, you know, we're almost done with the show here, but I'd like to end it with uh, something positive that uh, you could let the viewers know that they could do for San Bernardino. Go ahead, Carmel. You can vote on November 6th. That's oh, the oh. most positive thing oh, you can do. I forgot all about that. Yes, that's very important. <laughs> Scott? I agree with Carmel. Oh, you voting? That and support the Veterans Day Parade. Take a break from mm -hmm. life. You're going to get the day off. What, what about church? What church do you go to? I attend. I'm not a member. My wife is a member. I attend Judson Baptist. Okay. And uh, I'm very happy with the church, and they do a lot of great things. So. And, and Carmel, what's Calvary your Chapel, the Red Barn. Okay, now, now I personally don't go to church, but I, I'm always going to church is for <laughs> events and things, but um, I, I, I think it's an important uh, part of uh, spiritual recovery for people, and, and some for just a spiritual lifestyle, is to go to church. And some people need more, some people need less of it, but for me personally, I find my own spiritual stuff at home and, and, and uh, you know, burning sage and, and praying. But other people, they, they need to, to have the community part in that aspect. So I, I, if you want to <clears throat> actually mention an event for your churches and stuff, do it on I Love San Bernardino, and I, I love to have those posted up. I'll find out what permission I can get to mention whatever I do. But Carmel, you know, you and I got to keep working on Robert, don't we? <laughs> Mr. Kelly, what yeah, can we just, do? Well, the same thing we've been doing at, at Kwanam Buddhist uh, Meditation Center in Redlands is that we'll be distributing homemade food to... Uh, the homeless in Redlands and banning. It seems San Bernardino's covered this year. And, and, and mine is just like always, uh, I'm really proud of uh, We Are The Change, picking up trash and everything. So why don't you give uh, them an extra help and go out in yes. front of your own home and pick up pick any trash up. you see in the street? Yeah, They're doing a great thing. I really like what that group is doing. Yeah, we're proud of them, proud of them. And, and this is Robert Porter with the I Love San Bernardino County Radio Show. And Carmel, we are out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.